Hey friends, as you know, today is the Solemnity of the Ascension. So sometimes I think as Catholics, we, we get really excited for the resurrection and on Easter and then Pentecost is coming up next Sunday and maybe some of you are praying a novena to the Holy Spirit with a particular interset or intention that you have and sometimes people wear red on Pentecost and sometimes I feel like Ascension is the Solemnity that can sometimes get passed over. But I wonder why. Why do we sometimes forget the importance of the Ascension? You know, what is the importance of the Ascension? What happened on the Ascension and how does it have relevance to our lives today in the year 2021? So let's talk about it a little bit. So the first question is, is what exactly happened at the Ascension? We know we heard in our first reading that it's 40 days after the resurrection that Jesus was with his apostles on a hill. And then after speaking with them, a cloud took him to the heavens and he disappeared. All right, so we know what happened on the ascension, but let's take a closer look at the text. So Jesus ascended to heaven 40 days after the resurrection. So I don't know about you, but my question is, why did he wait? Why didn't he resurrect from the tomb and then just ascend to the Father for all of eternity on that Easter day, that resurrection day? Well, my friends, remember 40 days is significant, that Jesus waited these 40 days to ascend. As we know in Scripture that there's a symbolism of this, that there's a theme of testing, of penance, of trial, of preparation when we see 40 days. So, for example, the Israelites, they are in the Old Testament that when they left Egypt, that they were wandering in the desert for 40 years, which was a testing of their faith and their fidelity to God. Another example is Jesus, we know, is tempted for 40 days in the desert, which is where we get our Lenten season of preparation and fasting and penance of Lent. So therefore, this 40-day period in between the resurrection and the ascension was for Jesus to be able to prepare his disciples, the apostles, the new church, the Catholic church that he founded, to prepare them to spread his mission to the world. Also, my friends, people wanted... Jesus people wanted to see <laughs> Jesus wanted people to see him so that they would believe that he resurrected. You know, if only he appeared to Mary Magdalene and the apostles, then maybe there wouldn't have been as many eyewitnesses, which is important to the testimony of him truly resurrecting. Now, we could say, did Jesus really ascend on a cloud? So that's something people could look at the scripture and say. Was it really a cloud that came down and took him to heaven? And scripture scholars would say maybe or maybe not. You know, a cloud in the Bible and scripture usually symbolizes the presence of God. So we see this even in the scene of the baptism of Jesus. If you remember Jesus being baptized in the Jordan and the clouds part and there's this loud voice from heaven, the cloud from uh, the voice of God the Father, and then the dove of the Holy Spirit descends upon Jesus. So this is another example of this cloud image, the power, the presence of God. We see another example of this on the Mount of Transfiguration. So you remember where Peter, James, and John, they follow Jesus up to this mountain, and Jesus is transfigured in his glory in a cloud. So once again, recognizing the glory and the power of God, we know Moses and Elijah were there as well. So once again, this cloud representing God's glory and his power. So my friends, the important thing is not how Jesus ascended, but rather that he did ascend into heaven. Because remember, heaven isn't just in the clouds, you know, and we know this, you can't just take like an airplane or a rocket ship up to heaven, that heaven is outside of space and time. 
That God created us in time, created space, created the world, the universe in time. But God is outside of time, and that's where heaven is as well. And ultimately, that heaven is Jesus. Heaven is union with God forever. Now, the apostles do look to the sky for the ascension, and that's because a lot of times the clouds and the sky is associated with heaven. Things that are upward, things are towards the heavens. All right, so we know a little bit about the ascension, but why is it important for us today in Aggieland? Well, the ascension is important because Jesus ascended in his human body to heaven. So therefore, we can hope that our body and our soul, our humanity, will one day also be able to go to heaven. Jesus, in his human and his divine nature, ascended into heaven, that he's prepared a place for us. You know, nowadays, through our own catechesis, through the church passing down tradition, through scripture, we know that Jesus, that there are humans in heaven, including Jesus, the ultimate human. It's not just spirits or angels, that the body can be in heaven someday. And that's what we believe in the resurrection, that the bodies will rise to be in heaven, this place that's outside of space and time, this place which is communion with God forever. Now, this is great news, and it also shows the importance of our souls in our bodies, that God puts great value on human beings, great value on his creation, great value on our bodies and our souls. Now, the ascension is also important because when Jesus returns to the Father, then the Father can send the Holy Spirit, which we'll celebrate next week, Pentecost, another advocate, Jesus being the first advocate, the Holy Spirit being the second advocate. So, in a sense, something from earth on ascension, the person of Jesus, goes up to heaven, and then something from heaven, the Holy Spirit, comes down to earth to be with us. And the power of the Holy Spirit, which we'll talk about next week, helps to guide the church, helps to guide families, to guide our individual lives. There's a power that we receive at our baptism that's even more sealed at confirmation, that allows us to be drawn closer to Christ into his church in this life and into the next. It's a way that we're able to be led to the Son and then to the Father. All right, so we know what happened at Ascension. We know why it's important. But once again, in 2021, how is the Ascension affecting us today? So in today's gospel, before Jesus ascends, he lives, leaves a mission to his disciples. So Jesus said, go then and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to do all that I have commanded you. We call this mandate or mission of Jesus is the kerygma. The kerygma is the announcing of the good news of Jesus Christ to the world. A mission, a commission that Jesus gave to his disciples while he was on earth, and also he gives to each one of us by our very baptism. And every Christian should be able to know this kerygma. I've split it up into about seven points for us, and that could be add or subtract a couple of points. But for you today, my friends, for you to think, do I know the kerygma? Do I know this salvation, history of salvation, the good news of Jesus Christ? So a real quick recap for us. So number one of the kerygma is that God created the world out of love, that he created you out of love, and that he has a great plan for your life. Now, number two, we know through Adam and Eve that sin disrupts God's original plan for us. 
And that sin has damaged our relationship with God and with others. Now, number three, God doesn't leave us in this state, in this dark state, that he, out of love, sends Jesus to die on a cross for us and to save us from sin and death. And then number four, that we're called to repent and turn away from sin and turn back to God. And we do that through, first and foremost, number five, baptism. That baptism is necessary to erase that original sin so that we may be able to be restored to God, to become his sons and daughters, and to be made members of the body of Christ. And number six, we join the body of Christ and then we receive the sacraments. We have times of personal prayer and personal relationship with Jesus so that we get to know him intimately in this life, which leads us into the next life. And then the final point that I have for us today of the kerygma is that each one of us is on a mission to go out and to tell our family, to tell our friends, our co-workers, or even complete strangers about this good news of Jesus Christ. To not only do it through our actions, but to use words to be able to tell the good news of Jesus in this life as it leads us into the next. You know, especially today with so many of our graduates, St. Mary's mission is to form apostles for the church in the world. And so it's so exciting to know, and this place gives so many people hope because there's so many Aggie Catholics going out into the workplace, going out to become priests or religious or moms and dads or to become professionals. And we pray and we hope that this good news goes with you so that as already we're seeing fruits of the Aggie Catholic family, even more so in 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, that the world will be converted in a large way, I pray, through Aggie Catholics, which is awesome, right? It gives us such great hope. So just as I'm wrapping up, one more time, I encourage you even, you know, maybe you go to brunch after this or later on at dinner to be able to ask somebody at your table, ask a family member, hey, what's the kerygma? Can you say, what are the basic points of the kerygma? Do you know how to share the good news of Jesus Christ? So first off, a reminder, God loves us. He created us out of love and he has a plan for our lives. Two, that sin disrupted this original plan and damaged our relationship with God and others. But three, God sent Jesus into the world to save us from the sin and darkness. And four, we're called to repent from this sin and turn back to God. Five, that baptism is necessary for salvation. Six, that we need to be able to receive these sacraments and have a personal relationship with Jesus in order to move from this life into the next with him. And then finally, we are called by our baptism to spread this good news with all those we encounter. My friends, these seven steps are the story of salvation. They are the good news of Jesus Christ. It is the kerygma. And we can even share our own personal testimony of how we have come to know Christ, how we have come to know Jesus and his beauty of his church as we share this kerygma with others, to be able to make it more personalized and to be able to share our own experience. And this is the mission that Jesus gave to his disciples at the ascension and the mission that he gives to each one of us today, my friends. Now, maybe you're a little bit nervous about this, even to share with our own family or our friends. It can be intimidating, but that's why the Holy Spirit comes, right? The Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. The Holy Spirit comes at our baptism and our confirmation in order to give us courage, boldness, to take a risk, to take a step outside of our comfort zone to announce the good news of Jesus Christ to the world. Because my friends, if you don't announce the good news of Jesus Christ and I don't announce the good news of Jesus Christ, then who will?
Thank you for listening to Aggie Catholic Homilies. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Be sure to check out our sister podcast, Aggie Catholic Talks, to hear talks from Magnify, Catholicism 101, and more. Thanks, God bless, and gigum.